0: welcome to episode two of badger watch this is the county championship cricket podcast where we all play on the fancy cricket game cricket11.com uh we each choose a team and we discuss it each week with regards to all the hot topics in cricket so without further ado i think um i think the star of last week was probably Chef, wasn't it Chef? how many points did you score last week
1: Good question. I think it was, I, I, all I remember from that last round is I lost 10, 10 points in the last five minutes or so of the day. Uh, but uh, I think <laughs> it was around 2,600. Uh, you probably know better than I do after me just dropping a, a quiet update on the group. Uh,
2: early in. My heart bleeds for those 10 points.
3: Uh, three of Marcel's four batsmen outscored your team last week.
0: <laughs> I got I can tell you now I got 467 points. Um, the Chevaliers got 2647 points uh, which put them in um, the top teams from round two that you put you fifth out of all the teams. How many teams there are I don't know. Um, When we
2: get our massive sponsorship deal with cricket11.com, which no doubt is going to come now that we're promoting their website so vigorously, um, I imagine they'll be able to give us a bit more insight into these stats. We might even get our own custom stats page.
0: I think you're right. And I think that then therefore, so fifth overall for the week, Chev, and then you are fifth, no, fourth overall from the first two rounds on 4,660 points out of these top players, top scoring players for round two were Tom Haynes, Shah Massoud, Craig Overton, David Beddingham and James Bracey. How many of those did you have in your team?
1: Four. Right. Uh, was it clear four for the, for the two rounds that have been played so far?
0: Yeah.
1: And and in addition, I made a really poor captain choice. So you. Oh, poor you. Poor you.
0: A bit of feedback, a bit of feedback from our um, our, our loyal followers that so far on the pod um, have been basically that we need to probably run through the point scoring. So the batting points for this, this cricket11.com basically is each batter gets a point per run, which is um, pretty handy, seeing as a couple of people doubled up over the week. You also get – so every 25 runs, you get five points. Every 50 runs, you get 10 more points. If you get 75 and so on, you get 15 points. That is big, isn't it? Um, that bonus
3: goes up almost exponentially. So by the time, as we saw this week, you've got a few people scoring double hundreds. Every every 25 runs is then adding an extra 50 or 55 or 60 points to the total. <laughs> so that's when you start to get the, the massive scores that uh, – Chivaliers have been have been chalking up. Can you
0: one. can you imagine if the internet was around when Brian Lara was on five hundred one?
2: There was a rumor. It broke.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, strike rate. You get points for so number of runs minus half the numbers of ball faced halved if negative. Seems a bit overkill for me. Um, mm. Guess but, gets yeah. rid
2: of the dower batters. Yeah, strike rate of fifty. That. You get a few. If you're scoring below
3: 50, they take a few back.
0: Yeah. Boundaries, you get one point per four and three points for a six. uh, And then minus 20 for a duck. So that's great.
2: Again, that's brutal on the bowlers. It makes you want to pick a bowler that can hold a bat.
0: Yes, it does exactly. I think that's quite yeah. a good point actually. And then bowling points: you get a 25 points per wicket. You get um, a similarly weird equation for points on your economy rate: number of balls bowled minus half the number of runs conceded, doubled if positive.
2: <laughs> okay. Yeah, I just pick bowlers that I think are going to take wickets. Yeah, I think economy I rate. Ca- I can't. I can't. I can't legislate for economy rates with my bowlers. That's probably why I'm third, isn't it?
0: Yeah. And then maidens is one point for a maiden over, fielding points, 15 for a catch, 15 for a run out and 20 points for a stumping. So lovely. Mm -hmm. Interestingly, I did go through the FAQs and, um, there's four FAQs and the guy actually, who's created this website says, um, Whilst I'm open to other social media login methods, none are currently planned. I don't plan to implement a username password system. It basically makes me think there is one ultimate badger behind this platform.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. We need to find I imagine out he's got long hair, he's got glasses, he's probably, probably a member at Leicestershire. He's going to be a, a unique character.
0: I think you probably, yeah, he's right. That combination of finding say, um,
3: someone old enough to love the county game, but equally internet savvy enough to run a website. It's
2: a, it's a real sweet spot that that person's hit. But, but actually quite internet savvy enough not to go with a username password.
0: Mm, I think, But also um, perhaps
2: old enough to keep forgetting username passwords. So that's another dynamic. I mean, in, we're, we're intrigued to meet you, yes. Mr. Cricket, Mr Cricket XI.
0: Yeah, it's probably Michael Hussey. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon Mr Cricket 11 um, yeah. so that I mean that week was again we did touch on it last week didn't we in respect yeah. of um, the amount of the, the lack of wickets I think is extraordinary um, for early season April everyone's going on yeah. about crickets played too early in April obviously unless you, you play
2: at Taunton it's a different world isn't it
0: who who got who got double hundreds this week it was Shunned Haynes, Haynes, Haynes. Pajara,
2: Pajara, basically anyone in Chev's top order.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and then James Bracey got a one seventy. Bedingham
2: was a one ninety. It's
0: a lot of runs. Yeah, let's look. Let's go through some of the scores. Let's go through Lancashire five hundred six all out first innings.
2: I tell you what, they look a good side with Parkey bowling well for them. Gives them real with with Hassan Ali coming in and potentially Henderson this week with. Bailey, they look a proper, proper side.
0: That is, that is big, that's big. a big middle order there as well for them In their first innings were 506, Croft 155, Villas 124 and Phil Salt new signing at 97 all out um, with Kadri getting six for in that for um, for Kent So
2: did, did you see Kadri had naught for 100 and finished with six for 120?
0: That's what spinners can do
2: for you Get the tail. What a turnaround that was.
0: Yeah, that is. And then in that second second innings, Compton got a hundred again. Back to back. Is that back to back to back for Compton? Yeah, three in
3: a row, first three innings for the club.
0: <laughs> Where's there he was, signed from? I think he's
2: Nots. on loan. No, he signed from Notts. Oh, there Christ. was there was a lovely badger stat from Andrew Sampson that he was uh, I don't know how many wickets were. I'm just gonna have a look at the fall of wickets if I can see it. He was the last man out in the second innings and he would have been the first ever batter, opening batter, to carry their bat in both innings of a first-class game. Yeah, pretty remarkable.
0: That is remarkable. Mm.
2: It's also that, a really niche stat. Sorry about that.
0: The Niche stat. That probably few England top-order batters may be looking behind them, behind themselves at Compton, maybe. Probably. It's a remarkable
3: story, really, for someone that's been around a few years. He's not new kid on the block, but to, to yeah. suddenly move club over the winter, find some form and and it reel off three hundreds and three very important hundreds in, in terms of the game situation. Albeit he didn't he didn't save the game on this occasion, but they came a lot closer than it, it looked like they were going to. Um Absolutely. And it, last week against Essex, against a, a quality seam attack there, blunted them for 300 odd balls and did the same two innings running uh this mm. week round against against Lancashire. So phenomenal.
0: Yeah, he's twenty-eight years old, so he's, he's yeah. not a new signing. He's made his first-class debut in two thousand and nineteen. So
2: he um he had a winter or half a winter in Zimbabwe, um which I saw in an article he put down to uh, helping him find form. So uh, maybe maybe that's the. The, the key to, to my particular failures in cricket. I should spend half the winter in Zimbabwe. <laughs> Zimbabwe. down to Bulawayo for a for a season then. he was at the Mountaineers and I have to say I don't know where the Mountaineers play. Um I wish I did.
0: There was a period uh, actually, I think when um Zimbabwe put some money into or I don't you know some money. I don't know where that money came from, but they put it into their 2020 competition and quite a few first class cricketers went over. I think I can't remember like I remember sort of just going on ESPN Cricket info one day and just seeing I,
2: the big franchise names and things. And they've kept the franchise names. Um, yeah. The Matabaland Tuskers, I think. I, yeah, I one. remember
0: like Adam Wheater went really well for mm. some, some some team one season out there. Yeah, it must yeah. have been in 2017 or something that happened. Just going back to the results in the, in the week as well Derbyshire 505 for eight, first innings against Sussex. Massoud 239, Madsen 111. And then Alex, that's a good. That's a good signing, Alex Thompson. Fifty-two. He got fifty-two. He got how many wickets did he get last week as well?
2: You don't think of Derby as a as a batter's paradise, though. In my mind, Derby is eternally overcast and always go off offer the seamers a bit and yeah. cold. It looks cold on the telly.
0: And then, I mean, you think that, and then suddenly Sussex second innings they got bought out for hundred seventy four, so that's not terrific. Uh, doesn't scream, sort of screams a Derby of old. But then second innings they go. 513. again, Haynes, as we said, and Bajara, two mm. double hundreds. that is incredible. Do we think I mean, I know we'll probably get onto Rob Key a bit later, but I know he's a big, fa- a big fan of sort of flatter wickets, um, helping the batsman out a bit more. but you know, have, has there been a conscious effort, do you think, of of the wickets? I know we'll probably never know this until we speak to a groundsman, mm. but um, maybe that's an, a future guest. If we know any groundsmen who want to come on the pod, do we think is that do you reckon there's a con- conscious effort to make it a bit more batter batter friendly, or do you think it's just? It's just I don't of-
2: know. I, I I I like to think that we've made this concerted effort to try and revive England Test cricket by producing proper cricket pitches, but there'll be an element of every county's membership that moan when 500 plays 500 that it's pretty dull cricket, and you end up seeing a batter bowling lobs on the last day to try and generate result There's, it's yeah. a balance what, what I do think is good is with the the quality of the overseas pros this year is high and you put that on flat pitches and it means that bowlers have got to find a way of getting wickets yeah. and young batters like Haynes have, have got to find a way of, of doing it against proper overseas you know to see Shaheen Shah coming in for middle this week is really exciting I think for, for young players uh, up, and, up and down the country
3: I think the weather also plays its part, doesn't it? We've had a couple of unseasonably warm April weekends. Rewind to last year, it was a lot wetter. There was probably a lot more um, cloud cover conducive to swing and sea movement. So I think the weather has played a part, but I don't think that's the full story. I think there must have been, subconsciously or subconsciously, something either said to the groundsman or, as we alluded to last week, just the groundsman being fed up of hearing um, about how they prepare these green-seeming wickets, and cricket lasts only two days, and them getting an earful for it. Um, Except so at Taunton. Obviously I was just going to, it going to say, say, it was it
1: raining. It was raining somewhere, wasn't it, in the uh, in the West Country, based mm. on, on what they did there.
2: Although, did you see the colour of the deck that Nottinghamshire played Glamorgan on? It was uh, it was no different to the rest of the square. Marnus Lavishane was trundling up and bowling his. <laughs> His little seamers, and but still, you got you got two hundred plus and three hundred plus scores. So, I guess looks aren't everything.
0: That's true. Yeah, just going to that Somerset Essex game. Bloody hell, that's one hundred nine all out from Somerset. Hundred plays one hundred eighty, then Somerset one hundred fifty and Essex eighty. I did. I was I was on the live text. In the eighty four for nine. Oh, their new new signing Rossington guiding them to victory. That is um Hugh. As an Essex fan, you must have been following that pretty closely.
2: Well I have to say I was watching my own colleagues uh, batting on Saturday morning but we uh, there, there were a couple of there's a few Essex fans in the team and there were a couple of live updates I think Howard summed it up nicely after the game on our little whatsapp group saying that rossington should be awarded the freedom of Chelmsford. Um, he should be allowed to drive his sheep across the town square or whatever the the freedom of Chelmsford quite gets you but um, what a way to make an impression as a as a batter in uh, in his new county. I, I presume it's a lone move with a, a view to a permanent move, but I think with Critchley and him at four, five or six, I think uh, replacing Tendisgarth is never going to be easy, but I think we've we found a good one there for Essex.
0: And wheat are still keeping, which is interesting. Mm.
2: Having watched a bit of Harmer in the Bangladesh series, the guy looks like a, a freak. It's the first time in a while I've watched him for half an hour just bowling. Oh, here we go again. The harmer loving. Come on, let's <laughs> <and laughs> get it all out. <laughs> of but he's incredible. He's six foot three, six foot four, and it, the ball's coming down from so high with massive revs on Like it, it was hitting some of the Bangladeshi lads in the chest. They almost had to call two for the over at one stage. It was, it was unbelievable. I, I, I honestly think he's the best spinner in the world.
0: The interesting dynamic there would have also been um, Siddle. Bowling
2: at his
3: former, former count, former county teammates. I think he got Cook as well, which I'm sure he Both I think he got Cook. I think one, the other obvious one from that game that we didn't touch on last week was Craig Overton's performance, and um, having been uh, one of the leading point scorers, if not the leading point scoring bowler for the last couple of years. Um, him missing the first game. I, I imagine a few people didn't have him in their sides and would have missed out on, I think it was about 500 points this week as he returned.
0: Yep.
2: 13
0: wickets uh, in the game for
2: Everton. Performances, so. In county cricket, he looks like Goliath and in test cricket, sadly, he looks a bit like David. I uh, he reminds you know, me a
0: little thing. bit of... Um, <sighs> Mr. Like, head. He's a bit... No, <laughs> 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 no his bowling <laughs> reminds me... Um, and hopefully he can maybe find these heights for England at some point. Is um big old Tim Bresnan. He sort of just runs in and puts it on a spot. He needs a yard or two more, I think. Of I
2: think Brett I think Bresley loves a bit quicker. I think he's got half. No, I yard. think he
0: is, but just the way Overton, you know, at his best, really hits that sort of off, off stump, and you don't quite know if it's coming in or out. And I think he's probably missing that yard of pace for to, to match someone like Tim Bresnan. But I think if he could find a yard somewhere, I think he's an extremely dangerous international bowler. But you're right, uh, he's he's ahead above so- shoulders on a lot of these bowlers in um in it's Western it's World.
2: in the DNA though. His brother's got that yard. Yeah, so he has. You yeah. You put you put a combination of the two of those together and you've got a test match bowler.
0: Yeah, I remember watching um Somerset in a one day game uh, ages ago. when I was at university and Jamie Overton was bowling sort of ninety miles an hour. Does he still bowl ninety miles an hour, Jamie Overton?
3: No, the injuries have, have put him back um, eight oh, yard or two. He's, not, he's had to remodel the action and he's not the, the tearaway speedster he once was. But nice to see
2: him getting some wickets, first five wicket all for Surrey this week. What a good week he's had. And I can't believe it's taken us... Uh, twenty minutes. We, are we twenty minutes? And I don't know how long we're in, but twenty minutes to mention Surrey, who now sit top of the championship. I'm sort of spitting my red wine out, saying it. it's astonishing. After oh, so we'd all bigged up uh, Hampshire's title chances last week, I think they were looking for a definition of cheving. We cheved Hampshire out of sight. <laughs> we said they were world beaters <laughs> straight away. We chevved them.
0: We did. That is the power of this group. It's yeah, I,
2: th- I think we also cheved Nottinghamshire for Div Two. And then Glamorgan yeah. turned them over at home. So, uh, yeah. Talk
0: between that Surrey Hampshire game, it was all going quite well, wasn't it, at one point, and then for Hampshire, and then suddenly Overton comes on.
2: I wouldn't
3: say it was all going particularly well at any point for them, was it? They might save the game at one point, right? Oh, I think they, I think they got to about 160 odd for two in the second innings, but still 152 under behind. So I think they were always up against it. But they were, they, they did appear to be making a, a better fist of it second time round. Sorry, it's bowling not particularly strong. Certainly not their strong suit on paper. But they seemed to, seem to get the 20 wickets inside. Well, won the game inside three days, I think, and against a pretty strong Hampshire batting lineup
2: on a on a pitch that wasn't doing a lot. So Did
0: anyone see the Ben Folk's catch?
2: Oh, was naughty, wasn't it? A brute of a short one. And he just sort of rose to his right and just sort of hung in the air like Alan Shearer at a corner oh, and just yeah, well, plucked it out of it. A bit like there. that
0: David Seaman save, you know, where he sort of like goes behind yeah. himself and yeah. pulls it back. It was lovely. Chef, who were your bowlers last week then? Who got your um, other points?
1: The, the one that I subbed in, I didn't actually do much, but it was the... Uh, the... Player that was that was actually traded in uh, into teams by uh, most teams last week. Uh, patterson White. I think even Hugh had him. Uh, I'm not sure what he had him prior to this week, but uh, he was
0: the most traded in player for round two. Yeah, so
1: 132 people added him to their squad for this week, and um, in the end, he didn't actually do that much really in terms of uh, bringing points home.
2: Not in your squad, but he'd have got he'd got 20 of Spenny's points if it played for him. He really- Fair enough. That's that's that's. that's um, that's a good point, really. But um, uh, the other ones
1: were Sam Cook. Well, uh, I think he did a right for Essex anyway. Again, uh, he's doing all right overall. And uh, I had Connors in the team, and Barker returned a good, uh, good haul of points again.
3: This, picked up uh, some cheap wickets at the end, Barker, didn't they? And some yeah,
1: he, he he was pretty much in the same bracket as, um, uh, as some of the others early doors, where there was not really much happening for for him. And
0: uh, he also he's also as to Hugh's point. Earlier is a handy lower order batter. Um, he got fifty seven on the weekend, uh, over the weekend, and I think he's one of those that will pick you up some runs as well as wickets.
3: I did go down and, and watch a couple of sessions. Couldn't quite believe the size of the man. He's he's definitely put on some muscle. He, last he
2: looks like he should bowl absolute thunderbolts, but he sort of bowls late seventy little swingers. It's it's perplexing. Lovely fast bowling buttocks though. Nice muscular <laughs> b.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's got an engine. <laughs>
2: <laughs> On that basis, I think I should be bowling faster than Brett Lee, but there we are. <laughs>
0: God, God might have
2: blessed me with the buttocks, but not the fast twitch muscles. Who knows?
0: And then, is there any other outstanding performers of the week, Chev and your team, or was it just the batsmen mainly then getting your runs?
1: Yeah, it was. Well, it was pretty much all down to the batsmen really this week. I think um, the, the all-rounders didn't really do much. I, I brought in Higo this week for Lloyd, who was, and made him captain, but that return was not massive really seen any all-rounders yet that are right. really teaming. apart from from Higgins who then
3: actually didn't have a great second week
0: yeah both I think the, that's...
3: the Leicestershire openers as well that, that you mentioned last week both picked up another another 50 um Leicester saved save the game again
2: so they those two are worth keeping an eye on I think Hassan Azad and Sam Evans I I think Azad's tip for international cricket I think there's a lot to like about him
0: Hazan Azad and Sam Evans. That's right. Azad goes 66 against Durham in the first innings, with Evans going 77 not out in the second innings. Um, that was a drawn game. Um, we have consistently picked out of Division Two cricket mainly because we have to because of the player pool. But do you think there's a do you think there's a sort of on our watching of the games? Do you think there's a massive gulf between Division One and Two?
2: I think it's the depth in an attack. You look at Hampshire, Essex. Um, maybe not Surrey but Lancashire some of those div one attacks you've got um, genuine genuine top quality performers opening the bowling a proper proper first change maybe an all-rounder and, and a top draw spinner I'm thinking yeah. particularly of the Essex lineup <laughs> it, it, as, as I go through that but you know I, I looked at Tom Haynes's stats and he got 240 against Derby and I've challenged the group to name a Derbyshire seamer apart from Connors, but how much that's only because he's in Chev's team. Um, but then Middlesex, he got his last two hundreds before that against Middlesex where you've got Murtagh and Bamba, which whilst good operators on damp pitches in division two, aren't necessarily representative of international cricket. So I'd like to see Sussex in division one, just to see Haynes have a go at that level. Um, but in the absence of realistically many other opportunities, I still think we give them a go, personally.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you look at division, some a big, big county, you know, some, tradi- I, I call them big counties. I think traditional big counties in that you've got your Nottingham and Middlesex and possibly Sussex.
2: In the context of, say, North and Kent being in Div one, I think, yeah, exactly. Notts and sort of- Middlesex are bigger counties. Yeah.
0: A Compton scoring big runs down in down for Kent well um,
2: Hamid Hamid's opening the back Hamid,
0: yeah let's say in Hamid versus Hamid versus Compton in terms of who you're selecting Compton playing for Kent is maybe at risk of not getting selected because he's at a perceived smaller county whereas Hamid maybe if he's not scoring enough runs playing Division 2 but because he plays Nottingham well, yes, at, a, at a
2: fashionable at a fashionable county yeah, with you, a couple I mean, of you- test players yeah I, we talked about last week, there's there's always a bias, I think, towards those sides. Is, I think Hamid's race has probably run for for a while. He's been given another
3: chance over the winter. I think it's a while before we go back to him, but perhaps Duckett is another one we keep our eye on. He just had a very good game, 190-odd. Um, not saying he walks straight back into the England side, but if he puts another solid season together, he probably comes back into contention by the end of the summer for a for a place on a winter tour or something.
0: If we're going on... on... You Know the if we're going just purely on the fantasy cricket statistics, um, mm. and I'm pr- very much doubt that Rob Key is going to be looking at cricket11.com for his selection, or you know, the first team coach probably won't be looking at these selections for these. Maybe um, he was our one listener, he maybe he was. Um, you know, in terms of the top scoring players, you've got only one of them has got a cap. You've got Haynes, Bracy, Beddingham, Higgins. Is I'm assuming is Beddingham qualified for England?
2: No, I he's was, a suffer. he's a proper sapper.
0: Oh, right. Okay, fair enough. So you've got Haynes, Bracey and Higgins. Um, Although,
2: actually, Beddingham Beddingham hasn't played for South Africa yet. If he wants to give up his claim to the South African team, the old England Academy from Trott and Peterson days might have to open its doors again. It's just a shame we missed out on Harmer.
0: And then you go second second first round, sorry, we've got Higgins again, Melaney Burgess, Patson White, and Critchley, top scoring um, players.
3: I think Critchley's there the only one that, that might get a look in. I, I can't see any of the others.
0: Yeah, it's, inter- it's interesting, isn't it, how yeah, you look at these stats and, and not one capped player, I think obviously the ones who essentially contracted won't, you know, you can't expect them to be playing early rounds, counter-championship, but not one capped England player really, apart from Bracey, is in the top two for the first two weeks. Does it show that we're not actually, you know, maybe are England at risk of not picking people on form rather than picking them on reputation? That's
1: been happening for years, not picking them on form, but on... um Reputation. I mean, always sticking with players when they shouldn't. I've got to say,
3: Marcel, that that, that you are the the absolute <laughs> champion of picking someone on form. One good week, and they're straight into the Chevaliers. One bad <laughs> week, get them out.
2: Imagine a world in which Chev is chairman of England selectors. Be like 1989. I'm Thirty-six sure different players used.
0: I'm not entirely sure the
1: the results would be any different though than than what they have been recently.
0: I mean, all you'd have to do is is basically just turn up with cricket11.com and just tell them, you know, I know I know what team to select.
2: Maybe your your cricket's money ball. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes
1: it's pretty obvious that people need a break or it should not be uh, considered for a while, and they they keep bringing them back in. And then disposing of all the young ones, who you, you should be given more time to develop, uh, and and they just being discarded uh, when they've had a bad tour.
3: Uh, Only one you're well, alluding to there without without naming him, Chef. Well, that's definitely one of them. Where it's it's just a bit strange that you
1: you know if because a, if not every a, if test a, match future, is played at the Oval. If there is a future captain in in, in that setup at the moment, it, he's one of them. So why not be him from a bit better? I think Root had. Uh, quite some good support and was protected quite well. What? Uh, uh, Ritz
0: scored runs for fun. Oh, no, it's yeah. never
2: been protected. He's Bruce also was a genius. Oh, well, I wasn't, wasn't talking actually.
1: about his his time as a captain, but well, when he was in his younger years, I think yeah. he was also he got... considered a, a big fan. But he get dropped early on
0: in Australia, didn't he? He got, for... he got dropped for Gary Balance in his first. Yeah yeah i think the is tall, i think the interesting one is selecting what england did and australia did it very well and i think england did it a little bit with someone like ian bell if you selected like a like joe root's been up and down the order in his career that people do forget that he opened at one point in his life didn't he that he's always been up and down but i think you know the, picking a, a top order batter for the County championship and then putting them at number six for example and then graduating them up the order, I think, is a is an underrated thing that we've we've gone away from. Um, we don't
2: have a top five, do we? Well, maybe that's, that's the, the point, isn't it?
0: Yeah, we don't <laughs> have a. Yeah, maybe it's very easy to do that. We've got Cook, Strauss, Trot, Peterson, yeah,
2: yeah. Bell. And then well. Australia in the 90s and the 2000s had a top five and rotated that six. And that was your sort of pressure, pressure seat until you established your place and like Ponting debuted at six. We, 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 we have one, two, three and six, I think, up for grabs if you've got Root and Stokes at four and five and seven. If you you say folks haven't nailed his
0: place. You know, you look at the the batting points in in this game and the strike rate, I think if you could really work out that equation, number of runs minus half the number of balls faced and it's halved if it's negative. Basically, that's basically saying that you should score your runs quickly or you don't get that many points, which seems someone like um, Nick Brown at Essex, he came out and said... I just see my job, you know, I got 100 this week, but I really only really see my job as getting through the new ball for our lower order to come in and, and play their shots. And have we missed that, do you think, in England top order in terms of county cricket? Like, could we, like, Alex Lease is probably a selection on the basis that he, he's a bit more of a grinder, do you think?
2: So then when they get picked for England they simply got moaned out for scoring so slowly. And I think the point for the cricket 11.com fantasy scoring system is they only need to get at three and over to be in positive equity. If you're going less than three and over, you lose points and, I guess over the balance of an innings, you should probably be going at three over a long-form cricket,
3: shouldn't you? I think I think the issue with a, a Sibley and, and some others is is not the fact that they'll they will score slowly and take the time, it's the fact that once they're in, they don't have any gears to go through. I think anyone can understand first morning of a test match, you might you might be if you're there after the first hour and you've got five runs to your name, that that's the job well done. But it's it's when you're getting out sort of midway through the afternoon session for fifteen, you've you've held up an end. Frustrate the opposition a little bit, you haven't actually hurt the opposition. And that's what I think England were finding with, with Sibley and Burns to an extent that that they their bad innings would be out cheaply. they good innings they'd bat for three or four hours, but not actually do a huge amount of damage. Mm
0: that's a good point actually. I think the other
3: thing, I think mean, the just the more than the, the the fantasy cricket scoring system the championship scoring system still awards bonus points on first innings runs up to 110 overs i think so yeah. uh, irrespective of what your final total is for the for the bonus point allocation in the champo it's it's what you score after 110
2: which which does again promote good scoring and, and 400 which is max bonus points i believe in 110 is is three
0: and a half and over you're doing well
2: to get full batting points aren't you
0: i'm just looking at look at the strike rates compton got his hundreds he's gone at 35 as a strike rate um evans is in the 30s that's a good point haynes
2: appears to get his a bit quicker and from what i've seen on video of haynes he's a bit like strauss in style although not appearance, in that anything short and wide, he looks to absolutely thrash it through the covers off the back foot. It's, it's quite nice to see that, in a sense, in that he doesn't let people bowl at him. If there's any width, he just... Looks to thrash it, which is um, which is encouraging because it shows he's not just there to. It like Howard said, he's he's got the ability to go through the gears and uh, and increase his scoring
0: rate. Yeah, he got his he got his two hundred. He got he went at a strike rate of forty nine, which was lovely. Really, that's like I think that's a sweet spot, isn't it? As he, no, he slowed down
3: there. a lot at the end, I think he was going at, in the sixties for a long time until that final day when they were just batting the day out. One other name that we we mentioned last week was Joe Weatherly, who had a big hundred week one. Added another. 80 odd, He's looking now 87 off 96 balls opening the batting against Surrey.
0: I definitely think it's sort of, it seems as though we're in that period of England selection where if you can put some scores together, everyone's in contention. Do you remember that time in, um, mm. remember that time just before Trott got his um, big break in the Ashes when they had to replace Papar and pretty much every yeah. single name in the world was being put out?
2: I, I vividly remember that because they talked about Ramprakash and Tristothic. So, this was 2009. Triscothic was long gone from international cricket. Yeah. Ramprakash was 40 and had just scored his 100th, 100th.
0: Sort of like and for one test only, Mark Ramprakash. Yeah, that was the, that
2: was the sort of the, the theory. And I, I can't even tell you who the chairman of selectors was then. probably Jeff Miller or someone like that. But what a great bit of selection in going with Trotty. Because that wasn't an easy pitch, Oval 2009. Stuart Broad ran through the Aussies with the, uh, with the leg cutter.
0: I mean, that brings you on to sort of the, the the whole strike rate debate is the Rob Key appointment, which was massive news over the weekend. I think Rob Key's definitely come out and said that he wants strike makers and fast scoring players and and that sort of stuff. Do we think that's a good thing for English cricket and county cricket in general? Do we think the Rob Key appointment is a positive thing?
1: I think it will be exciting whether it's going to get you any results. Uh, it really depends on who else been, is going to be put in place in that structure because... It's not just going to be down to him and yet at the end of the day, is it? So, yeah, it's at least someone with a bit of charisma leading leading the pack. right he's been taken seriously all the time, that's also something.
2: I, um, I think you're right. He plays the larrikin on TV as a pundit. And look, it's a very different job to being a TV pundit. So yeah. perhaps we'll see a more serious side of
0: him. The interesting thing for me with Key is, yeah, I think oh, Ramps came out, didn't he, and said... um, you know I'm surprised that someone like a um Rob Andrew was it at Sussex who sort of like or someone else with a bit of um business now hasn't sort of come forward to be a target for the ECB um, but you hear you hear the
2: murmurings at Sussex and I'm not sure Rob Andrew's the most popular out there There's,
0: yeah no,
2: you, you you see all the PR that's against him and what's going on at Sussex I personally from the outside don't think it's it looks that bad. They've given a young crop of players a chance with a couple of experienced hands and two, at the moment, very, very good overseas pros. So, you know, on that paper, maybe maybe Andrew looks like he should have been given a chance. But I I, I agree with what you're saying. I don't think there were. He doesn't get the impression there were that many candidates coming forward.
0: I mean, the other day, it said that Marcus North has pulled, pulled himself out the running at Durham, you know, the Durham director of cricket. So I didn't even know he was in the running. Like, sort mm. of, with Rob Keys, sort of, I think you know, he hasn't got that much, you know, this is a big, does take probably, he's going to have to manage budgets and and think about sort of the more business side and commercial side. But I think the one thing, and that sort of alluded to a little bit in the last episode, was um, I think Kent is a bigger job as a captain than people really value. I think the captain has a really big part to play at Kent in the everyday running of the club. I think they're sort of there helping with the players' contracts. I think they're sort of a massive driving force behind the club. And I wonder if that sort of has given a bit more ballast to, his, to Rob Key's case and that he sort of actually maybe does have that more experienced than they think of. I think there is a huge
3: amount of that admin side, but but then also I think his, his success will be almost judged by the appointments he puts in place. So if he gets mm-hmm. the gets the coach that does a good job and gets the captain or captains and coaches, as, as will probably be the case, gets the, the big positions filled in the right way, that is going to be a huge step towards either making or breaking his tenure as director of cricket. I think there's going to be a, a few big decisions for him to make very early on in the piece, and that will set the... It'll set the tone for the rest of
2: his for his tenure. I think. Yeah. I think the coach is the massive one. How you find applicants for a job that's been advertised for months and no one's come forward for is beyond
3: me. Coach or coaches? Do you think they'll they'll separate the the one day coaching role? I think Key's been quite keen on that on Sky commentary that it, it, an advocate yeah. of different coaches for different games. I, I I personally
2: think they they need to because the culture of the different sides I think needs to be materially different. I think. Owen Morgan and/or his successor, who's undoubtedly going to be Butler, looks like a very relaxed ship. The Bayliss style worked well. You give the players the confidence to perform. Again, we talked about it last week. I think the Test cricket side, we we need we need a bit more of a steely approach, where the Bayless laissez-faire approach didn't quite work, and um, and it hasn't worked with with Silverwood either. Are
0: there any are there any coaches in the county game that you could think of who could? take over that role like if you think about you know it's very interesting how everyone's looking for another international coach to come in are there any coaches within the county championship who are sort of going under the radar because of that's just sort of the county championship does sort of go under the radar
2: otis gibson i suppose has been overlooked a couple of times for it but if you've overlooked him twice what's changed the third time has he learned anything different right what about Ian Harvey down your neck of the woods spin
0: Gloucester I don't know Ian Harvey he's an interesting one Um, because he's just been overtaken by Dale Bekenstein as the sort of I think Dale Bekenstein's the overall head coach I mean he's almost Gloucesters signed him he's a Gloucester legend Ian Harvey he's like one of those sort of like cult heroes that along with
2: 90s one day cricket with Elaine and Russell and Ball it was brilliant It's completely underrated 20th century Ian Harvey
0: yeah he was yeah that's right um a club cricket coach is probably, you know, a county cricket coach is probably, you'd have to be an international coach, I think, to take on the England job. I think they want a big name. I they?
3: think they do now. I mean, obviously, we've just had Silverwood come through. Peter Moores has done it in the past. But
0: we talked about appointments. Obviously, the other big bit of big news was Joe Root resigning. I was a bit surprised at that personally. Howard, I think you said that he would be last week, didn't you? He'd be there for the first test, is what you said, I think. Yeah, you jammed in. I you <laughs> chained, him. chained him you chained chained
2: chained our illustrious leader Can you chained like, our Prime Minister as well whilst you're there <laughs> <laughs> political uh, more, more for the reason
3: that I think that just from looking from the outside there was, there was he was already in, under a huge amount of pressure after the West Indies tour and his, his three or four weeks have passed and there was no sign outwardly that he was going to so I think um, the the reasons he gave that the sort of internal turmoil he was going through with the job and the amount it had taken out of him. Um, it's very hard to judge that from the outside, isn't it? So I thought if he was going to resign, he would have done it two or three weeks ago, but he's 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 waited and done it now. And yeah, it leaves quite a quite a, a mess, frankly. For me, Stokes is the only viable candidate for next full-time um permanent captaincy role, but whether he's well, we know he won't be physically fit. Whether he's mentally fit to take on that job in due course, who knows? He's taken time out of the game recently for both injury and for mental health reasons. And throwing throwing the captaincy on top of your your leading well batsman, bowler, and general motivation motivator in the field is going to be quite something for him to take on. Um, so I think we're we're probably looking at an interim captain. For, for some time who that will be I, I would think it would need to be one of the senior figures
2: Ralph Ranginick type appointment
3: <laughs> <laughs> he'll, be, he'll be out of a job in the summer won't he so game
0: yeah I mean it's a bit, or, or maybe he's being out to cricket a bit of a Mike brealy selection for
2: I don't think our batting order can can carry an extra batter who's just in fueling for their captaincy. So I think in that sense, it doesn't really matter who you pick. They're all they're all hopeless. So. It's
0: it's it's intriguing in terms of is there anyone um, in terms of an interim? You've you've got your broads. Um, Maybe Anderson, Stokes is the leading one. In terms of like, could you pick someone from the county game at the moment who's doing well generally and is a captain um, and bring them in sort of an obvious one? He's obviously he's had a lot of caps, um, maybe too many chances, but Rory Burns is, sorry, led them to a Div 1 title.
3: I mean we were we were looking at this at the odds, weren't we, midweek? And frankly, some of the the, this is to be named this is to be named permanent captain rather than than interim captain, but some of the names being bandied about. We've got James Vince at ten to one. We've got Alex Lee's at twenty to one, a guy with three caps to to his name. It never say never, but it would it was smack of desperation, not that I'm not saying we're not desperate. I I
2: think Crawley's above all of those names. He is, yeah. Crawley eight to one. Has he ever captured a game of cricket in his life? (laughs) <laughs> oh, probably probably at school, old boy. Probably at school in the playing fields of Dunbridge, I
3: imagine. He was the biggest bugger, so they're giving the armband. Um Billings eight to one. So the barrel is is empty, isn't it? I'm
0: just going, I'm just looking at the cut the, the, the county championship captains from last last week. You've got Tom Haynes at Sussex, you've got Steve Mullaney at Knotts, an old head experience. I'd
2: love to see some of Mullaney's wobblers in the the keeper up.
0: You've got County Championship cricket favourite, Billy Godelman at Derby. You've got Tim yeah. Mads, who's Irish, so he he's not playing. Then, and for and for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> David Lloyd-Glamorgan. Borthwick at Durham. I mean, Root
2: wasn't captain of Yorkshire before he got picked, so I don't think you have to look for the.
0: I don't think you do, but I just think... I'm just trying to think of sort of experienced people who have... Of,
2: like, specialist captains, yeah. Yeah,
0: I don't know. Like, I mean, if you were to bring someone up, I think if you were to...
3: I think as we touched on last week, you either need a specialist captain or you need someone whose place in the team isn't in question, and we've got no-one that falls into the latter camp. So
2: everyone has a price in that, basically, with enough money, most people would do whatever you ask them to. What do you reckon sir alistair cook's prices to become test match captain again how many millions a year do you think he needs to leave the cows and <laughs> give up the boys at chelmsford and and get back in get back into the group because he's illustrated with calling, the
3: runs he's scored calling the integrity of sir alistair into question hugh he is a man of his word uh, but everyone has a price everyone, everyone has, has a price, price. but equally uh, the amount right. of commentators sky sports have have lost recently I think they might be throwing more money at Cook to, <laughs> to broadcast than the ECB could ever justify to to bring him back as skipper.
2: But I mean, like he's never gone to the IPL, so he's never had that big payday. What about if the ECB say, "Here's five million big ones, come back."
1: I'm not sure they've got the money to
3: do that. I did. I did send you the the, the screenshot of someone who t- texted into the BBC Sport page the the minute after Joe Root had resigned on I think it was Saturday morning. Alistair Cook was out second ball of the day, and someone had very wittily messaged in <laughs> to say that the pressure of
2: a recall had got to the chef already. <laughs>
0: <laughs> very good. Very oh, good.
2: I, I do feel sad for Root, though. I think I, I don't think he's done a bad job. I just think he's been the he's been hamstrung by the the rise of the white ball squad and the investment that's gone into that, and with the wider county game deprioritised for. For white ball cricket. I think um, he's not had a lot to work with, and I think I, um, I think he's probably a better captain than his record will suggest.
0: I think that's probably a big thing of Rob Keyes to try and bring in, isn't it? Because he's looking at the game a bit holistically rather than just England. Although he will be judged, as we've said, on England and and his his selections in terms of coaching staff. But I think his his overall sort of goal would be to try and you know we've said it, the county championship isn't a money maker, and I don't think it ever will be. Um, but he needs to bring it mean you know, we need to be making test match cricketers again out of the county championship. And I think that's his biggest, that's the biggest way that he can influence the the test side, I think, as well as the um as well as the coaching appointments. I think he could probably, you know, help us with can we make spinner-friendly wickets? Can we make batters get more runs? Can we Rearrange the schedule so it's not ridiculously done, but you know we don't bookend the season with county championship cricket. I think that's the biggest thing.
3: Well, he's got
1: one name in the hat already for a batting coach, anyway. Probably a huge favourite appointment if that would come through. Um, so and, you know, I think that's where he just needs to start with
2: looking think at who's that, Jeff? K- yeah, P- Kevin oh, Peterson
1: God. put his name forward. No. He, he would love to work with uh, Rob Key.
2: I think. So, I think. I'd... I'd become a season ticket holder for Ireland if Kevin Peterson became the coach. <laughs> Obnoxious man. I'm um, badger back in the set, if that happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Quite.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. So going back, going back to this week that we've got coming up, I think this will be a really telling week, actually, because I think this week in the county championship, we've got... Um, all round of fixtures. All round of fixtures. We've got... The Div 1 table looking pretty good with Surrey on the top to a couple of people's delights and Somerset interestingly at the bottom with it all pretty tight in the middle. I think Compton faces the Hampshire attack this week, doesn't he? So if he gets runs against that Hampshire bowling attack of... It's
2: going to bag a pair. Suddenly it's the big time and I think it's going to bag a pair.
0: Yeah, and he comes across as quite—he's you know—he's a cheap buy on that. We've said uh, you get a million pounds, we bought—I've bought him in. He's only costing me thirty thousand. He probably is. I'm probably them that he's probably going to bag a pair. But you've then also got James Bracey is playing against—he play against um, Lancashire this weekend? Yeah, this week. Well, you've then got. We said it before on the—you got Anderson, Mahmud, and um, Hassan Ali. If That's Tom game Bailey. Game.
2: I think Tom Bailey's the best seamer or one of the best seamers in the county championship in the last couple of years. And Parkey. Parkey's got, yeah. I don't know if you saw any of Parkey's wickets. He got someone with a big googly. They went to cut it and just had their middle and leg stump rearranged. It was lovely to it, see. Yeah, beautiful googly yeah. and uh, just absolutely not picked.
0: I think so. I think there's a few sort of, you know, if, if Compton goes back to back. Again, if he gets some runs against that uh, Hampshire attack, he's probably, there's definitely questions over him. Should he be selected? If Harmer gets wickets again, obviously England can't select him. Um, <laughs> 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 um, and then Division 2, we should we have a look at the Division 2 table? Glamorgan are winning that at the moment, which is maybe a surprise package. Um, I think
2: going- I'm going to stick with Labuschagne as my captain this week. I feel like he's just 50 in the second dig. Some cheap wickets bowling. I feel like he's going to come good this week for There's uh, got middle for sex. they've got Middlesex, but that's a great matchup with Labashane, Shaheen Shah and Tim Murta. I mean, the all international opening bowling attack for Middlesex <laughs> is uh. It's gonna be a great battle. So so keep an eye out for that
0: one. And then Haines at Haynes at Sussex, we've we've talked him up this week. He's got who's his bowling attack that he's facing Worcestershire. So not a famously strong bowling attack, but who are
3: your other captains then? If if Hugh's going Labuschagne, I'm gonna stick with Popey. Uh, Surrey playing at the
2: oval. Correct. <laughs> That's a hundred rate. I, I I saw he averages over a hundred for Surrey at the oval. First class. It's sort first of first class, yeah. Like, You know, sometimes like they pick bowlers who might swing it more on one particular ground. Like whenever England play at the Oval, they just need to pick Holly Pope.
0: Yeah, I agree. Who else is
2: playing? Whenever yeah. England play, they need to pick Ollie Pope, is what I'm hearing. Uh, <laughs> his, he, he averages six away from the oval.
0: Yeah, we we don't have. Just like, two more than everyone else. Get him in the same. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have the um the Sky Sports, the Andrew Sampson. You know, you can just go in and do some bit of sequel querying and, and look at stats. But I would love to know what Ollie Pope averages away from the oval in all forms of cricket. I don't think it's very many. He's a flat crack,
3: really. If you if you if you're including his recent test match tours India and Australia then I'm sure you're right. Yeah.
0: He averages probably five coffees every Sunday in the winter on Northcott Road. though, can confirm four
3: He's of them him. watched by you with you with your.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing him there with his cockapoo, I think it is. Um, yeah, and then I've gone I've gone captain Ryan Higgins. I'm thinking about changing that because they got. Um, At
2: Old Trafford, is yeah. he going to get? Is he going to get? An, well, you'd think maybe with Lancashire's seam attack this week, they might be tempted to uh, produce a Taunton-style pitch.
0: Mm, um, I may be changing that. I've also brought Bracey in.
2: If you're Lancashire, how are you going to get Hassan Ali, Anderson, Bailey, who are all number 11s, Parkinson, maybe Wood or Lamb? How are you going to get them all into one team?
0: Saki Mahmood.
2: Saki Mahmood's available this week. Yeah, I don't. I, it'll be It'll be really interesting to see who they leave out. Is that the end of Jimmy Anderson if he gets left out of the Lancashire? <laughs> <laughs> be tough to take, wouldn't it?
0: Surely not. Surely not. Who's your captain,
2: Chef? Um, I haven't made up my mind
3: yet because uh, he his cards so close to his chest. This guy gives nothing away. Definitely,
1: may, I'm definitely going to make some changes tomorrow, and I'm still thinking about bringing a Surrey player in at some point because I haven't got a single one of them, which is a bit bit odd. Uh, How of- could you change
2: anything? You're you you you're literally printing point.
1: Yeah, well, minus was on my watch list last week, just because I wasn't convinced that he was going to do it again uh, this season, but I'm, he's gaining my confidence, so whether he will be brought in, I don't, I'm not sure yet. There's definitely one place up for grabs. Um, yeah, I, I, and I'm not convinced about the all-rounders, what they're doing this week. I've got Higo and Critchley still, so whether... I switched between the two of them in terms of captaincy from from week one to two. Uh, I'm not sure yet whether but...
3: not now Harm's back. Won't
1: no, no Harmer's that's why he was doing poorly this last round. I think because um, well, got... they
2: also played on the greenest seamer in the oh, yeah, game know, cricket. Would... So the Overton brothers,
1: obviously in brothers now with Jamie actually performing, uh, which is more that he's done probably in the last uh, year or two. Um, so... They're going hit-to-hit head head
3: tomorrow, aren't they? They're
2: going hit-to-hit tomorrow. are not they they are going hit to head. tomorrow they? Mm. I wonder if they've ever played against each other before. House cricket at school. No, surely brothers have <laughs> be in the same house. <laughs> I didn't go to one of those posh schools you went to, Svenny, but I reckon they'd be in the same house. So <laughs> I, I'm I'm, U-turning from last week's pick-your-team-in-the-half-an-hour once the toss is announced. I found it too stressful. I ended up panicking and made some terrible decisions. So, uh, no, yeah. all
1: you need to do is pick your team, make your changes and then half an hour beforehand, you either cancel your uh your trade. Oh, you can cancel them, can you? Or you uh you change your your lineup.
2: Right. The transfer
1: king knows the rules, doesn't he? Absolutely. i well, so, these, then... the, these are these are the details that make a difference and make you score.
2: Yeah. Ooh, really- right. yeah where did where did you come last year, Chev? Where did where did you finish last year?
1: Second, unfortunately. Um,
2: you, I knew I think I could see Alan Hansen on Match of the Day saying that this Premier League's all over. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't see anyone else winning it this year with Chev's lead already. What, how, how, how far is he ahead of? How a thousand points?
3: It's only one big captain, one big captain choice a week, isn't it? And then it's things can move quickly in this game
0: so the points, so the league table for Badger watch cricket 11.com fantasy cricket league is the Chevaliers are on top with 4,660 points in second is Bears Badgers howard's team on 3295 points third from third from the top is Brian may save the Badgers Hughes team on 2914 and uh, nice Spanish guy. champs are coming well last at 2181. So I am well over two thousand points away from the top. Um, and we probably should add to the listeners that we have an end of season curry every season to digest the uh, the league, and um, the loser buys the winner's curry. So
2: I haven't um, paid curry in two years.
0: I better get saving. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably it for this week, unless anyone's got any other business. Hugh, actually, you played on the weekend, didn't you?
2: I did, yeah, we, we came second by six wickets. Um, we didn't do very well. But of something genuinely interesting to come out of Saturday, our third team got bowled out for 64 on Saturday. Um, astonishingly, one of the opposition was a 14 year old opening bowler who I will say is in the mighty, mighty Essex setup. Mm-hmm. He returned the incredible figures of six overs. Four maidens, nine for two, and was only only denied all ten because the ECB rules mean he could only bowl six overs. So he had to come off after six overs, and another guy took the tenth wicket. He had he had the incredible figures of all nine for just two runs. What would out Our thirteen.
0: What would have happened if they allowed him? They made him bowl the seventh over. Like, would there have been any penalties? I don't.
2: I don't know. I don't know. But um, yeah, ECB guidelines meant he was taken off after his six with a nine for. So someone else. Someone else took the last wicket.
0: Blimey. All right then. we'll we'll wrap it up there. Um, Thank you for listening to this episode of Badger Watch. We hope you've enjoyed it. With Chef firmly on top going into week two, it's probably. I would say it's all to play for, but it's probably not. He's probably running away with it. Um, And we'll see you next week. Thank you.